0: A January 6th investigative commission has been voted down in the Senate. The coronavirus pandemic is still ever changing, with new CDC guidance being issued and the possibility of COVID 19 coming from a lab being investigated. United States and Russian relations are at a low, and what is going on with gas? I'm Joe Moronsky, and you're listening to The Political Informant, your place for fact first politics. House Bill 3233, a bill to establish in the legislative branch a national commission to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol complex, has been killed after Senate Democrats failed to reach the 60 votes needed to exit the filibuster by Senate Republicans. Now, I just said a lot all at once, so let's break it down uh, piece by piece. First of all, what is a filibuster? Well, according to the Senate website, quote, a filibuster is an attempt to block or delay Senate action on a bill or other matter, end quote. Now, this is used by both parties when they don't have a majority that can vote down a bill uh, and and they don't want the bill to pass. There's two very notable filibusters. Um, One of them was in the 1960s. South Democrats attempted to block the Civil Rights Act of 1964, after filibustering for 75 hours with a 14-hour and 13-minute address by Senator Robert Byrd from West Virginia. The bill eventually passed after the Senate invoked cloture to end the debate. This was only the second time since 1927 cloture had successfully been invoked. In 2013, Senator Ted Cruz, a Texas Republican who is still a senator, and you have heard his name a lot on this podcast, filibustered against Obamacare for more than 21 hours, including reading Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss to his daughters as a bedtime story while they watched from home. Take a listen to some highlights. I do so like green eggs and ham. Thank you. Thank you, Sam I am. So I want to point out just a few words of wisdom from Duck Dynasty. You put five rednecks on a mower, it's going to be epic. So obviously, quite literally, a filibuster is a load of nothing. Uh, You essentially just talk and talk and talk and talk just to prove a point that you're not going to let the other party pass what they want to pass. But what is Bill H.R. 3233? Now, House Bill 3233 was introduced by Representative Benny Thomas, who's a Mississippi Democrat on the House Homeland Security Committee. It sought to form an independent commission to investigate and create a timeline of the events on January 6th. It was designed similar to the September 11th commission. They would have the authority to hold hearings, collect evidence, issue subpoenas, and would be required to release both confidential and public reports. The commission members would be voted on through public hearings and confirmed by Congress. Just a week ago, Republicans supported this. However, many publications have reported that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell asked for a, quote, personal favor in Republican senators opposing the bill. 35 House Republicans voted yes, and 6 Senate Republicans voted to end debate and vote on the bill. 11 Senators did not vote at all. 9 of these were Republicans and 2 were Democrats. So why would you vote no to an independent commission? Doesn't that sound great? Isn't independent what you want? Well, independent is not always independent. If the committee to confirm had a Democratic majority, which it most likely would, being that Democrats hold the majority in both chambers of Congress, Republican voices would probably not matter. But now, the Democrats are going to do their own investigation through committees. House Homeland Security Committee can do their own investigation. But Republicans can use the excuse of partisanship with whatever investigations occur. They can say that, hey, this was an investigation that the Democrats used to pin against us and make us look bad. This is something that both parties use. You blame the other party when they have control, and you say that they're doing things to make you look bad. Um, so it's not... a. Sh- a tactic that would be surprising. People have done it on both sides of the aisle, uh, but it does open the door, whereas an independent commission, you don't have that ability as much. And some Republicans have even tried to downplay January 6th, saying that they felt safe and there was no threat to the Capitol. As the coronavirus pandemic still takes lives daily, more than half of adult Americans have received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine, and the CDC has begun to ease restrictions as a result. Additionally, there has been a renewed effort to investigate whether or not the coronavirus came from a Wuhan laboratory. So let's start by talking about some of these restrictions um, and, and what they mean, because they have been changing quite a bit. Well, first of all, the CDC says that fully vaccinated Americans, meaning that you're two weeks post your second dose on a two-dose series or single dose for a one-dose vaccination, do not have to wear masks at most all places anymore. Masks still need to be worn on mass transit, in medical offices, in long-term care facilities, and a few other places. But this all depends on federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial rules, laws, and regulations, according to the CDC. Some businesses like Starbucks and Walmart have eased mask restrictions for fully vaccinated shoppers, while other places have left their mask policies in place. Now, why leave it in place? Why undo it? Uh, There's numerous arguments from both sides as to why you would Ease mask restrictions or leave them. Some people say, hey, the CDC said it. We've been saying let's follow the science all along. How are we going to turn our backs on the CDC now? Whereas other people say, this is the honor system. You know, we can't force you to show us your vaccination card. So if you say, oh, well, I'm fully vaccinated, we. Can- Okay, you know, that's kind of the end of the story. Uh, You you get into gray area with that. Can you ask people for their vaccination card? Can you not? It depends on where they are. Are they in a public accommodation, public place, private place? Uh, it, It really is a gray area and one that the CDC and the government as a whole has not really said much about. On May 28th, the CDC also reversed previously released guidance on summer camps, Originally, the guidance said that all kids should wear a mask, and now it says anyone who's fully vaccinated does not need to wear a mask indoors, and people who are both vaccinated and not vaccinated do not need to wear a mask outdoors. Um, When this original guidance came out, people were like, wait, so fully vaccinated adults don't have to wear a mask at all, but fully vaccinated kids need to wear it to summer camp when they haven't in the past. It really made no sense. But let's talk about the origins of COVID-19. During his presidency, Donald Trump often touted the conspiracy theory that COVID-19 originated in a Wuhan laboratory, although there was no evidence at the time of this. Social media companies like Facebook and Twitter began to regulate this and branded this claim with a flag that fact-checked it. Now, this theory isn't all looking like a conspiracy theory anymore, but possibly the truth. Facebook has repealed their policy of fact-checking this claim, and the Biden administration announced that President Biden asked the intelligence community to redouble its efforts. New reports did not rule out the possibility of the coronavirus coming from a Wuhan lab, which raised many questions and resulted in President Biden asking for this redouble of efforts. Chinese officials have called this a, quote, conspiracy and said that the United States has politicized the pandemic, and Chinese officials even said that some of the foreign agencies praise China for their, their transparency throughout this whole process. Uh, but that's not true. The 90-day intensive review comes after China states that they won't participate in a World Health Organization investigation into the origins of COVID-19. The United States and Russia have always had a rocky relationship, but one that seemed to stabilize during the Trump administration. However, the relationship has resorted back to turmoil, with election interference claims still emerging, a hack of U.S. databases by Russian groups, and the U.S. announcing it won't rejoin the arms control pact. On March 15, 2021, Director of National Intelligence of Real Haynes declassified a report entitled Foreign Threats to the 2020 U.S. Federal Elections by the National Intelligence Council. The report said a lot of things. It said that no foreign actor altered or attempted to alter any technical processes of the election— that Russian President Vladimir Putin authorized attempts to discredit President Biden and ensure his defeat, that Iran carried out attempts to influence campaigns and ensure President Trump's loss, that China did not directly interfere but did influence the election, and that numerous other foreign entities attempted to influence the election." The report detailed how Russia interfered through cooperation with Ukrainian legislators and hacked some local and state voter registration databases. Russia denied these allegations and have even taken offense to them. Most recently, state-backed Russian cyber spies carried out numerous cyber attacks on the U.S. government, Ones which have bipartisan agreement of their occurrence. People on both sides agree that these occur. Nobody's trying to fight that these attacks occurred, uh, and it has definitely caused turmoil. Solar Winds was the first attack which caused the shutdown of the colonial gas pipeline and the gas shortage we all saw on social media in the southeast United States. They've now begun to send emails in a phishing campaign pretending to be the United States Agency for International Development or USAID. Microsoft said emails were sent to about 3,000 accounts from more than 150 American and foreign organizations. Microsoft even identified the group as Nobelium, the same state backed group behind the SolarWinds attack. And on May 27th, the Biden administration informed Russia that it won't rejoin the arms control pact that is being discussed at the United States and Russian summit next month between Presidents Biden and Putin. The Open Skies Treaty allowed both Russian and United States military planes to fly over military facilities on reconnaissance flights. Former President Trump pulled out of this agreement, a move which Biden called, quote, short-sighted. But after President Biden appointed a committee to review the decision, he upheld it. The 1992 treaty was the only thing controlling military powers between the two countries besides the New START treaty, which expired under the Trump administration, but was extended for five years under President Biden. So what does this mean? Well, this isn't the start of a 2021 Cuban Missile Crisis, but it's definitely something to watch out for. Next month's summit is taking place in Geneva and is something we should all be watching carefully. Russian relations are important, as Russia and the United States don't have the best track record, but this is not something to stockpile food and build a bomb shelter over. In early May, the southeast United States saw a gas shortage, long lines, and panic buying. After Russian group Nobelium hacked the SolarWinds pipeline and gas supply was shut down, people began to panic buy, gas prices began to rise, and gas has now hit a seven-year high, up 58% from this time last year. But why? Well, there's numerous reasons, and let's go through some of them now. First of all, there's panic buying. When the Solar Winds attack took place, not only did people panic buy in the southeast, but all over the United States, which drove gas prices up. It's simple supply and demand. Second, it's summer. Historically, gas prices have gone up over the summer as people drive more, go to beaches, and need more gas. Also, every year around this time, U.S. refineries begin switching from winter gas blends to summer gas blends, perform maintenance, and raise prices. Again, it's supply and demand. Third, there's a tank driver shortage. There's a national shortage of tank truck drivers, which is resulting in slow delivery times and a decrease in supply of gas across the United States. Ryan Streblo, the executive vice president of NTTC or National Tank Truck Carriers, said, quote, we've been dealing with a driver shortage for a while, but the pandemic took that issue and metastasized it. It certainly has grown exponentially, end quote. Fourth, COVID-19. With restrictions lessening, people are driving more. They're going into the office. They're going on vacation. They're going shopping. And they need more gas. And fifth, the thing that most people blame, President Biden. Now, why blame him? Well, the market viewed Trump as very America first. Foreign refineries lowered prices to compete with American refineries and make irresistible deals. The market views Biden and Harris not necessarily as anti-America first, but less America first than Trump. Taking on climate change is likely to inhibit U.S. refineries, and foreign refineries can now raise prices because U.S. refineries are producing less and charging more. The world of politics is one that is intertwined like no other. COVID affects elections, which affects protests, which affects international relations, which affects gas. Everything is connected, and it is our job as responsible citizens to understand why. I'm Joe Moronsky, and you've been listening to The Political Informant, your place for fact-first politics.